now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe, your host here every week. We bring you tips, education, and updates on home-related matters. Whether you're in the real estate market or if you're looking for decorating or improvement ideas for your home, this is a great place to be. Our show comes to you with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. It's been my pleasure being your host here every weekend. Uh, I've been here doing this program for six years now, I guess. But, you know, my day job is actually helping people buying or selling real estate. I've been doing so here in Greater Victoria since 1991. Uh, we've looked over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of transactions here in Greater Victoria. Uh, if you are looking for direction, advice, you know, planning about making a move of some sort uh, in your life here in Greater Victoria, let me know. We'd be happy to chat with you. You can find my contact information and the rest of the whole Home Show team members by visiting cfax1070.com. Look under shows. There you'll find us, the whole Home Show. With me, Tony Joe, all of our contact information is there. Uh, or, as I always say, just reach out to me. Google me. Google my name. I love hearing from our loyal CFAX listeners. Like I said, it's been six years. Uh, we've done 300 episodes, if you can believe it. Uh, we love being here, and we love hearing from you. So please, don't be shy. I also wanted to mention that another supporter of this program is REMAX Island Properties, with offices in Victoria, Duncan, and Mill Bay. If you are interested in real estate as a career, or if you're an experienced agent looking to make a move, maybe bringing your business up to the next level with advanced training and global connections contact remax island properties there was an article in mclean's magazine for those of you who pick it up at the grocery store maybe get delivered at home and it was front page the title and this is june 15th 2023 depending on when you're listening to this year uh the title of the article was the end of home ownership the end of home ownership uh, and the subtitle here is, for generations, middle-class Canadians have been sold on the promise of home ownership. The promise was always flawed. Today, it's simply broken. Yeah, guys, it's hard. It's hard to buy. There's no question. Victoria is an expensive marketplace. I always uh, remind you that after Vancouver and Toronto, we're the third most expensive real estate in Canada. There's a number of reasons for that. We're going to talk about that today, but we're also going to talk a little bit about real estate as a uh, as a job, as a role, what it's been like helping people as they struggle getting into the marketplace. And of course, I can tell you about that right now. I can tell you about that from the 30 years I've been doing this. But we want to kind of add some context to this here as well, too. So we have a couple of guests today. Um, one of our guests is Megan Fector. She is on our team, the Prime Real Estate team. Uh, Megan has, a, she's a newer licensee. And by newer, I mean less than five years. So it's always going to be interesting sort of getting an idea of what the business has been like for her and also what it's been like helping people trying to get into the region here. On the flip side, of course, we're going to talk to somebody who's been around for a while and he was on the program he's been on the program a couple of times uh it's been a little while since uh that is of course bev heighton bev has been licensed since before i was born let's just put it to that way he's been licensed since 1968 he 
as well as I, the both of us are past presidents of the Victoria Real Estate Board. The difference is I was the president in 2008. He was the president in 1978. In 1979, so he has seen a whole bunch of things. In fact, we're going to get right into it because both of them are here right now. Uh, hey there, Megan and Bev. Hello there. Good afternoon, Tony. Yeah, and Bev. Megan. Oh yeah. You know, I I I I always I always enjoy chatting with Bev because, of course, you know, hearing about the uh, uh, the business. Let's talk about this. What got you into the business in 1968? Well, actually, my uncle was uh -huh. in the business with DF Hanley agencies. That's which right. Now known as DFH. Mm -hmm. But back in those days, it was DF Hanley agencies. And uh, I was chatting with him and thought, oh, well, this may be an option for me. Um, and I went through the process and the course and eventually ended up working at DFH. Yes. And uh, of course, this is a different time, you know, for those who, uh, you know, haven't really thought about the past. Let's think about this. This is pre-internet. This is pre-email. Uh, this is pre-fax machine. This yep. is pre a lot of you were probably writing contracts on stone tablets, right? And, and Pretty uh, much. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, press hard. You're making four copies. Carbon paper, right? Carbon paper. That's right. Yeah. Um, let's shift over to Megan for a quick question for a quick uh, moment here. Megan, of course, we know our, uh, each other. Oh, you, like I said, you're on our team, and uh, you were one of the support uh, team members um, uh, at the brokerage that we were at at the time. Um, you actually kind of your family has owned property for a while, right? Yeah, so even like my Oma and Opa, before my actual parents have bought and sold real estate their whole lives, um, they've done like multifamilies, they've done single families, they've done uh, flipping, they've done it all, they have investment properties, so there's always something that I've been around growing up, yeah. um, and then I actually got a job in the conveyance department, another brokerage when I first started. Yep. Yeah. And was like, hey, this is pretty fun. I think I need to get out in the real world and try and sell some houses. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so you know, you you experienced uh, the business, and it, you know, you are younger. I'm not. I'm not going to mention your age, but you know, I was 21 when I got licensed, so I was even younger than you. Um, yeah. But but it is common. How old were you when you were licensed, Bev? You, you care to tell us? We can do the 20, math. But yeah, 23. Okay. The interesting part about that was that the average age of uh, realtors, of which 90% were men, very few women in the market, were probably 55 to 60, mostly retired military at the time. Yep. So I was a young dude of 23, long hair, yep. uh, beard, you know, people call me a beetle clone and all the rest of it. So yes. uh, yeah, I, I, I stood out like a sore thumb back in those days. Well, don't worry. Listen, if any of our listeners right now are realtors, you can just go to the real estate board because we got the rogues gallery of past presidents. My picture is there, but your picture is as well. That is a good picture with the hair, by the way. <laughs> right. So no, uh, thinning now, I must say. <laughs> that's right. You know, the the average age has always been around that sort of 55, 57 kind of thing. Um, although I have to say, you know, my observation is it is getting younger. This, so, Megan, for you, there's a lot of contemporaries around your age group that have been in the business now for the past couple of years, right? Yeah, there is. 
yeah, there's a quite a group of us now. Mm -hmm. Um, now when, I mean, you were around the business, you're also from Victoria. So, I mean, there's, there's, Bev, where are you from originally? Well, originally from England, I immigrated to Canada in 1952 uh, with my family and then went to school at uh, Gordon Head Elementary, which was a three-room schoolhouse, Lansdowne Junior High, Mount Doug High. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's when that's when Mount Doug was where Cedar Hill is now. That's right? exactly right. Yeah. yeah. OK. OK. So anyways, we're talking long time uh, Victorians here. Right. And getting into the practice of real estate and and helping people. Um, we're going to take our first break in just a moment here. But I want to get to the story as I as I opened up here. We we're talking about this McLean's article about the, home, the end of home ownership, because uh, really quickly here, Bev, in the, in the seconds we have left. Was it ever easy to own real estate in Victoria? Not really, but we can talk about that when we come back. Yes, for sure. And this is this is the thing because, you know, I yes, it's difficult. It's hard for people to get in. Interest rates are going up. Prices are high. You know, we here we are with average sale price of houses, um, you know, average price for a single family detached home last month was 1,300 and something. That's a lot of money, right? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. But listen, uh, we do need to take our first break here. Uh, we're going to come back and we're going to have a conversation about home ownership in Victoria. Is it the end of home ownership? What does it mean? And we're going to talk more about maybe a little bit about the past and history. Back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We are talking today about the end of home ownership in Victoria. Is that a reality? Or does it still go on? Well, we have our guest today representing both ends of the age spectrum and experience spectrum in real estate. We have Megan Fector, who is with the Prime Real Estate Team, my team at REMAX Island Property. She's been licensed within the last five years. And we also have Bev Heighton with NAI Commercial. He has been licensed, as I said earlier, for longer than I've been alive. 1968. I, I came right after that, by the way. So it's not like I'm a young guy. Um, uh, Bev and uh, Megan, thanks again for joining us here today. You bet. So well, again, hey Tony, I just yes. got to say something before we carry on. You know, I don't know whether your listeners understand just how much you contribute personally to the community. Oh. I mean, I I've seen you at car shows. You're organizing car shows. Dragon Boat Festival, supporting PBS, Victoria Symphony director. I mean, there must be a dozen other things that you do. So I just want to make sure that your listeners understand that you're not just a one-dimensional guy. You're you're a contributor to this society and the bigger picture. So oh, thank you so much for that. Oh, Bev, th- thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, how could I not? We love this town. I mean, the three of us are long-term Victorians, right? And, you know, it's, it's, uh, people move here and, and, and it's, it's fun. It's fun. But thank you, Bev. That, that was completely un, uh, unsolicited. And, 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 <laughs> Certainly uh, was. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, listen, I, I opened up, I led with the story about McLean's Magazine, June 15, 2023. There's an entire article talking about how hard it is to own a real estate. By the way, not just in Victoria, it's a, it's a Canadian article, right? Um, Bev, you've got some stories to read to us here. 
Well, yeah, and I was just going to mention the fact that I have a national magazine right in front of me now, and, and it's a similar headline. Why can't these people buy a home in Canada? The housing crisis is out of control. On and on, pages and pages of all to do with the uh, rapid increase in house prices, the inability of wages to keep up, the amortization costs and taxes and everything else. Why is it that people can't buy a home? And guess what, Tony? Mm -hmm. The date of this national magazine called the Star Weekly is November the 4th, 1967. So in those days, it was the same discussion. The only difference is the numbers have changed and some of the circumstances have changed. But this was a national one. It even talks about Victoria in this article, having a thousand people hard to house. Now that meant homelessness is in, in a polite way back in the day. Yeah. And when you think about the total population of the region in 1967-68 was 125,000. We have 450,000 now with I think the count is 1,250 to 1,500 hard to house people. Mm -hmm. So in fact, statistically it's gone down, but it's more vocal, it's more out there in the public. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of issues and a lot of uh, multiples and statistics that you can apply to all of this. But this problem of uh, income versus value has been a consistent one throughout the years and we've had ups and downs when the market goes down then we don't hear much about that but as the market starts to inflate then these stories start coming forward and they become very very topical and so it's it is a cycle but with unique circumstances at the top of each cycle Okay. I, I think it's really important just to uh, make sure that our listeners know as well too. Hey folks, yeah, we just established that it was expense. It's just as hard to buy in in 1967 as it is today. The three of us on this program today, even the real estate ind industry in general, we're not saying, you know, that's just the way it is. You got to deal with it. That's not what we're saying. But I think it's important to know that this isn't a new phenomenon. This is something that has existed for a very long time. And there's a lot of political stuff that goes along with this. I mean, there's been a lot of uh, uh, discussion out there uh, in the news recently about, you know, housing programs. You know, pr provincially, we have this new, uh, um, uh, you know, housing targets that uh, market areas are supposed to meet, all this kind of stuff. People are doing things, but... That doesn't make things any easier, and I don't think it's going to change anytime quick. Let's shift really quickly over to Megan. Megan, um, you have helped a lot of people get into the real estate business. Uh, uh, sorry, into the real estate market. So buying their first home, for instance. Yeah, I have. All right. I so here's here's a pointed question for you because people, and I read it in the in the uh, um, you know comments to the editor and all that kind of stuff in the newspaper where people say. People cannot enter the real estate market in Victoria. There's no way people cannot, cannot, cannot. And yet here you are, here we are. We do every month. Yeah, I would say like probably one out of three clients I'm working with right now is a new homeowner. Yep. Um, and, you know, they've 
done a lot of work and effort to save and they might have done a few sacrifices where they might have lived somewhere that was a little bit cheaper and rented. I've had some situations where they've moved in with family for a year to put some money away. Um, and yeah, we help them find new houses all the time. Yeah. I mean, and there's there's programs out there that allow people to buy, you know, um, CMHC. Uh, oh, by the way, Bev, in, in the McLean's article, they talk about the fact that CMHC was created in 1954 after the government created all this post-war time housing and, and all that kind of stuff. And it enabled uh, banks to loan money because they were insured loans and stuff like that. We take this for granted because it exists now, but it's been around since 1954, right? Well, and of course, the difference between financing a house today and what it was back then, a mortgage, you could probably get maybe 55 to 60% first mortgages back then of the value yeah. and uh, interest rates at a much higher level than what they are today. So back in 68, I think my first house that I bought was nine and a half percent mortgage. And that was a relatively good mortgage back in those days. Yeah. Well, the argument's going to be though, that you bought that house for, uh, $27,500. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Which is, a, which is about the cost to refinish hardwood floors in the living room right now. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. But then the incomes were so much less as well. However, that's where the disparity is being. In today's world, you know, a person, a family group might have uh, an average of what? $120,000 a year annual income with two people working in reasonably good jobs, 60 grand each. Yeah. Uh, but the value of the home is 10 times that. Whereas back in 67, 68, incomes were much less, but the multiple on the value of annual income to the residents might have only been two or three times at the most. Mm -hmm. So the disparity between income and valuation of the residences has dramatically changed. Yeah. Again, this is these this is a reality, and you know this is uh, this is uh, this is what we are dealing with and what we're encountering here. But uh, again, shifting back uh, to you, Megan, I I need to let the listeners know too. By the way, despite the fact that you've been licensed for less than five years, you have done a lot of business. So it's not like you've only done like a handful of deals. Any of your your colleagues or friends that are listening to this program here, they know this. Like mm -hmm. you've ha you've handled a lot of people, not just first time buyers. You've handled you know people all over the uh, the range here. But you know, going back to people getting into the marketplace here, you've heard the stories. You've 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 felt that you know it's blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, it's um you know, like a lot of hand holding and explaining everything to everyone and it's it's getting that trust with people to show them that there is possibilities out there for them mm -hmm. and that we can find them something but you know sometimes it might take a little bit longer depending on what their budget is or what they're looking for how specific it is but you know like if we can get them in the door of the market once they've purchased that real estate like it becomes so valuable here that you know we just have to really lead them in the right direction to just even start all right well this is an excellent point that we're going to hold on because we need to take another break right now and that is how first-time properties look nowadays because they look very different than 1967. I'm sure we have our guests, Bev Heighton, licensed for over 50 years, and Megan Fector, licensed uh, for less than five years. A couple of realtors in our community talking about, you know, ownership in Victoria. Need to take a break here. We'll be back in just a moment. 
Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the Whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. Uh, as a reminder, if you're a podcast listener, you can download any of our previous episodes by visiting iTunes or Google. We have uh, almost 300 episodes over the course of the past six years. So much great content. We've had so many guests. You know, maybe at the time that you heard it on the radio, you didn't need a roofer. You didn't need a painter or whatever. We have the right people who have been guests on our program over the years. Feel free to you know listen, reach out to them. Uh, as always, if you have a question, you want to talk about something real estate related, reach out to me. I love hearing from our CFAX listeners, our loyal CFAX listeners, week after week. We're having a conversation about the struggles about real estate here, specifically in Greater Victoria, but it is a national issue. Our guest today, uh, licensed since 1968, Bev Hyten, principal at NAI Commercial here in Victoria, past president of the Victoria Real Estate Board, and also Megan Fector with the Prime Real Estate Team, my real estate team at REMAX Island Properties, licensed for less than five years. Again, thanks both of you for joining us today. Yeah, our pleasure, or at least my pleasure. I can't speak for Megan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Before, yeah. <laughs> you're, oh yeah, so before the break, we were talking about what the home looks like because, um, okay, Bev, how about, let's talk about you. When you got into the real estate business, you were helping people get into the real estate market. What were they buying? First home. Well, goodness me, it, it was a wide range as it is today. I mean, there were people on the very lowest of budgets. But we were um, able to buy houses. Um, I think one of my first houses I sold was $12,500. And uh, that was to a young uh, family actually came out in the military service at, uh, from England and um, had very little resources, but with some creative financing, a very low uh, range mortgage and a second back to the seller and on and on. I could go on for hours on those kinds of approaches. But and all the way up to a $30,000 really expensive home relatively to fancy. else fancy, yeah. seriously fancy for a, for a doctor and his wife. So that, that was- That all... probably even had a two-piece ensuite bathroom, right? Yeah, it did, although it had <laughs> six bedrooms, each one with a bathroom. So oh, my. For 30 know, grand. Yeah, this, was, uh, this was high-end stuff, $30,000, yeah. Okay. But first-time buyers were able to buy a house, were they? Well, they were. Um, certainly they were. But we had to do a lot of creative financing because the mortgages were just not available uh, in terms of the percentage to value that you can get today. So generally, there was a lot of seller financing in that as a second mortgage. And then we'd sell that second mortgage to net the seller out cash in order for them to move on to their next property mm -hmm. so um it was a little little creative and maybe we might be seeing some of that come back into the market as we go on through the next couple or three years well, even for me when i got licensed in 1991 so 30 32 years now 
um, it was it was complicated getting into the market because it required that first mortgage. You get a second mortgage at a higher rate. Uh, you know, sometimes if you're lucky, it's vendor financing or we had agreements for sale back then. That's how I bought my oh, first house. Absolutely, yeah. Right. Uh, fast forward to today and all of the clients that Megan is dealing with, it, it it's fair to say it's way easier to get a mortgage to buy a house today than it was back then. Absolutely, no question about that. Yeah, and and qualifying for it's another issue. Okay, but percentage of mortgage to value is significantly higher and consequently easier to deal with. Yeah, because you can buy with five percent down, right? Yeah. And so basically, it's going into your one lender or seeing Denise at Dominion Lending Centers and um, having her take care of everything. Ninety-five percent mortgage, you're all good. Whereas opposed to back then, it was you know fifty or sixty percent first mortgage. Precisely. Then, yeah. Okay. So let's talk to Megan about what our first-time home buyers are typically buying today. You know, I have to agree with Bev, like the difference of everything is, is crazy. You know, like I see some people that have um, saved enough that they're getting into a more expensive home. I see some clients that are using the programs that we have in town now, like I had a client recently that you, they use like a, it's called a hop mortgage program where they help oh, you yeah. with down payment for it. Yeah. Um, and then there's a few like terms and conditions when you live there. Um, and I've seen some clients that are just getting their foot in the door and they'll sacrifice some things like having that ensuite off their bedroom and live in a place for a few years and be able to either keep it and take some equity out of their place to purchase the next one or hopefully make a little bit of money on the next sale for it. Is definitely uh, steps though. Yeah. So, definitely. so like you said, you know, maybe buying that first uh, uh, condo or whatever, and then moving up to townhouse and moving up. Uh, I, it, it's, it's quite rare, especially anyone from outside of, uh, uh, you know, anyone apart from being from Vancouver or Toronto, perhaps it's really rare for somebody to buy an actual house house as their first home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely right. haven't seen that too much. I might yeah. see like maybe a townhouse as the first one. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, like we do have some exemptions here if it's a new build, um, under like 750, you can kind of help with your property, uh, property, uh, transfer taxes. Yep. So some people want to go those routes and save themselves a little bit of money in that way. Yep. Okay. But here's the other thing. Cause Bev, you've been licensed since 1968. And as I think about it right now, weren't too many condos that were around in the sixties or seventies, no, the, land, the landscape looked very different. Right? Totally didn't. <clears throat> they didn't exist. Strata title didn't exist. The closest we had to uh, condo was um, leaseholds, uh, leaseholds, uh, and shareholds. Uh, yeah. Co-ops, co-ops, where people bought percentages of a corporation um, to purchase their property. They were sort of the forerunner of the strata title concept, which was really explored by. The real estate industry, uh, looking at um, examples from uh, down in the States and others, and brought it into BC and created the whole concept of the strata titled ownership program that we have today. 
Yeah, you know, these are things that people don't think about, right? I, I was having a chat with one of our associates in our brokers earlier today about um, uh, a leasehold property, Villa Royale on Haywood. Like all of those units, they're down there by Beacon Hill Park. They And I explained to him, they predate the Condominium Act. Right. They, you know, These are things that are older. And I guess what I'm getting to for you, Bev, is um, the selection wasn't there. So in some respects, one of the reasons why people could buy a house back in 19 whatever 67 89 um is because that's what there was well yes that's that's true um we did have um you know significant turnover in the marketplaces people uh, would buy something that fit their budget as megan was alluding to you buy something less than what you aspire to you go in there and a bunch of sweat equity people did things by themselves they do the painting they replace the floor it was a personal involvement in recreating the building and renovating it in their little house and then we turn around three four years later and sell it hopefully at a profit and then they'd move up the ladder but people put personal sweat equity in it mm -hmm. as opposed to today you buy a home and then you call in the contractor to do this and you replace the kitchen for seventy five thousand. that didn't happen People worked on their property themselves and in a, or they had uncles and friends and neighbors. Everybody would get in and help improve the property. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, listen, we need to take our last break of the day, having a conversation with Bev Height and the principal at NAI Commercial, longtime licensee here in Victoria and past president of the Victoria Real Estate Board and very active elsewhere in organized real estate. Plus, Megan Fector is a licensee with the prime real estate team at Remax Island Properties, and she's been licensed uh, in the last five years. So we have an entire spectrum here of uh, experience, expertise, and, you know, what it's like to be dealing with people in the local real estate market here. We need to take our last break. We'll be back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We are talking about the Victoria real estate market. It is so darn expensive. How did that come to be? At what point in time did Victoria become expensive? Well, guess what? We have found out that it has been for some time. Our guests today are Bev Heighton, Bev Heighton, past president of the Victoria Real Estate Board back in 1978 and 1979. I forgot to mention that he's been very active. He's been a director not only at the Victoria Real Estate Board, also the British Columbia Real Estate Association. He was the vice chair of BCREA as well. He served uh, on the Real Estate Council of British Columbia, Real Estate Compensation Fund Corporation. Uh, my goodness, this is a fella that has been very, very active. And he's broker owner of NAI Commercial. Uh, Bev, again, thanks for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure, Tony. Thank you for having me. And you sung my praises earlier, and I will give it back to you right now. I have to say, I every time we have a conversation, I enjoy just hearing about, you know, your experience and your background and what this business is all about, plus the fact you have always been very supportive of our industry and so well-known in our community. Uh, so it goes both ways there, by the way. Um, 
Plus the fact that it's helpful that we're neighbors. We live down the street from each other. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And we have Megan Fector. Megan is a realtor with the prime real estate team at Remax Island Properties. Uh, And of course, the difference is Megan has not been licensed for 56 years. She's been licensed for less than five years. And um, things are very, very different. Before we uh, had our break, we were chatting about sweat equity bev was saying people would renovate their kitchen they would do all of these things nowadays yeah you call contractors in i think sometimes bev uh sometimes this has to do with red tape and permits and all of these other things right absolutely no doubt about it i mean um, the home handyman of, of the past um just doing things within their own home yeah. would uh do do plumbing, do electrical, uh, framing and everything, um, basically without benefit of permit. Now, some people were pretty sketchy, but others did wonderful jobs. And it was reflected in the fact when they came to sell the property, it sold for significantly higher. Now, you did mention about the uh, situation of the price increase in values and when it actually started. If you go back probably to even before 1981, real estate markets were fairly stable. They went up incrementally, but really they were quite stable. And if you recall in 1981, there was the big downturn, the big crash. Black that Thursday. Was, yes. Yeah, that was, a, that was a 30% loss of value in Victoria on real estate. And it took like five years to get back up to where it dropped off in 1981. We carried on relatively smoothly to 2008. And then there was the international banking collapse, Mm -hmm. another kind of downturn in the market. And that carried on till about 2003. In 2003, 2004, prices just started to go up significantly, like multiple inflationary trends every year. Oh, so, sorry, Bev, you meant 2013, 2014. Yes, yes, right. sorry. Yeah. yeah, so that's really started to drive up the market. Mm-hmm. And now we're up to this level, and it's kind of eased off a little bit in the last little while due to higher interest rates, yeah. which interestingly are really low interest rates from a an historic. historic perspective. Yeah, okay. But well, an influence now. Well, I mentioned it too. You know, my my first sale was a house on nine nine eight Violet Street in uh, the Marigold area. That was March of nineteen ninety one. That was my first sale, and the interest buyer got the f- most amazing interest rate of eleven and a half percent. Right, and that's that's the way it is. Right, eighty one, eighteen, nineteen, and twenty percent. Yeah. Hardly fathomable in today's world, but that was the way it was back in those days. And it came to a crashing end in June of 1981. Okay. So, you know, it's interesting that article in McLean's, that June 15th uh, article about the end of home ownership, it talks about COVID because, of course, COVID has been an influence. Um, You know, of course, we were concerned about the economy, the Bank of Canada, um, you know, interest rates were lowered, they wanted to stimulate to make sure that, you know, employment happened. Surprise the heck out of me when real estate was deemed to be an essential service. We didn't know for a while, right? Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) Right. Right. 
So uh, they talk about how since COVID, of course, the market exploded and, you know, there's some marketplaces that went up 40%. The Fraser Valley, you know, went up 40% in a year. Um, tell us about Black Thursday, 1981. You were there. I was there. I was supposed to retire in 1981. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We were We were building a... Uh, a whole pile of projects and I figured, boy, I'll get rid of all these projects and I'm just going to retire, go fishing and go sailing on my boat and do all sorts of wonderful things. June of 1981 put paid to that in a big hurry. So, and I'm still, and, and here, and 40 oh, years later, you're still working. <laughs> trying to recover. Um, no, unbelievable. It just stopped like, a, as they say, there's an old saying about real estate going up like a, an escalator and down like an elevator and it just dropped like an elevator yeah and you, uh, now you mentioned 30 percent. i've seen the numbers because the average price went from i think it was 101 or 104,000, and it went down to 70 that's what happened 75 yeah. and um that's kind of painful and and very few sales at that yeah yeah you know, so the number of homes that sold, even when they did, it was a very low number, 75 or 80,000, yeah. but there was very few of them. Well, let's think about this for a second, because when a market drops, an option for an owner is not to sell. Totally. Let's wait. Let's wait five years until things get back up, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and the reason the reason why I bring that up is it comes up every once in a while with people. They're like, oh, yeah, interest rates are going up. You know, people are going to start dumping their houses. I disagree with that because if they're upside down, they can just wait. You still it's still your house is a place to live is roof over your head. Right. And if people are still working and got a goodly income and the, even if the bank's refinancing it, they might extend the amortization out, which allows the people to weather the storm for a period of time. Yeah, I you know, I think I think people should know that uh foreclosure is never the bank's first choice. Not at all. No. 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 Yeah. Um okay, Megan again, going back to people nowadays, you have a lot of friends and again, your contemporaries. We're talking, you know, in in the in the 20s, late 20s, early 30s or whatever getting into real estate. Uh hey, it's got to be scary thinking about a $600,000 condo or a one and a half million dollar house, right? Yeah, it's a, there's definitely some pressure sometimes, you know, you have like, you have people that even come from a different province and they come here to purchase and they can't even fathom the prices of some of the homes on the island and what that gets you and how different it is because you could buy a house in their province compared to a condo here on the island. So, you know, sometimes it's just helping people understand the value of a property and uh, walking them through that. Yeah, you know, we have a pretty great climate to live in here. Yeah. Um, and I hear that one a lot. People don't like the extreme colds in the winter and the extreme hots in the summer. Um, they like that they can go out for walks after work and everything like that. And I do find that people who are moving here really can afford to live here. And they've made that choice to to move to the island. Well, here, here's a line that I'm going to put out that I know many of our listeners have probably uttered at some point in time is when somebody says to us, I can't do one more winter in whatever, 
in Winnipeg yeah. or, or Toronto <laughs> or whatever. That's what they say. And then they come to Victoria and here we, and it's not like we don't get snow, but um, yeah, that's often, that's often the thing, right? And, and I'm guessing, Bev, that this hasn't changed in 50 years. It's always been people coming to Victoria, right? Oh, yes. Everybody, I think, um, across the country, well, if they don't think it, they're probably oddballs. But most people would just love to be able to move out to the West Coast, especially Vancouver Island. And that's been the way it's been for years and years and years. I mean, we're known as Fantasy Island. <laughs> For a lot of people. And um, but it's true. We are a fantasy compared to living in, as Megan said, the cold, cold, cold in the winter and the hot, yeah. smoking hot summers. We just have it. We have it all here. Yeah. Now, on the flip side, what we have experienced as a result of COVID and the low banking rates and everything is um Yes, Victoria is expensive for a lot of people, maybe moving from, you know, uh, outlying places in Toronto, you know, for instance, the Durham region or other places, Victoria is still expensive. So another option that has happened is they have moved to the east. So they've been going to the Maritimes instead, where prices are still way cheaper. Oh, man. Um, now, they still get the gruesome winters. But somebody from Toronto is used to that, so that's not a big deal. But what it also means is they're not having to spend as much for their housing. So both us in Victoria and Halifax, you know, Newfoundland, those marketplaces have exploded at the same time. Right? Yes, we, we just exploded from a different price level. Yes. So our price level was high, and now it's even higher. So what are we, the third highest in the country? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, okay. And you know what? We started our episode here talking about this article in McLean's Magazine, June 15th, the end of home ownership, plus this article that Bev Heighton uh, was reading out about. Uh, we're not face to face right now, but I've seen it. You know, you and I have read through this thing together. This isn't a, a, um, a Star Weekly magazine from November 1967. And it talks about the struggle of having to have second jobs having to work in, you know, people there. I remember uh, people working in the trades, the struggle, hard to get into real estate. It was hard back then. Absolutely, it was. In fact, one they uh, they identify a number of people that they um, interviewed for this article. And there is a carpenter and his wife who's a nurse mm -hmm. having to live in a basement suite with their four children because they can't afford a home. Um, in, ha in Halifax... Nobody, they make $5,000 a year and, and, and they're searching six months for a $15,000 house. Well, that house is only three times their income. When you look at people's income today and you look at the value of 10 times more, yeah. you know, there's the big disparity. For sure. Now, now, some of the things that have happened too, there's been massive transfers of wealth going on and in, in this affected the real estate industry. So a lot of the old baby boomers, me, I was the beginning of the baby boom. We've gone off the scene and left significant estates behind for family. And that's fueled the real estate industry as well. Yeah. Even if it's not direct money, um, parents are helping their children, <laughs> adult children, uh, to get into the market through the bank of mom and dad. I mean, that's not uncommon either. 
gifting amounts of money to their children to help them establish in the real estate market. So those are all influences in the marketplace as well. For sure. Well, listen, thank you both for joining us today. We just wanted to have a conversation about the Victoria market and looking at, you know, how things were uh, back in the day. And again, this was all prompted by this article in McLean's magazine. Uh, Bev Heighton, our guest, he's the broker owner of NAI Commercial uh, and also Megan Fector with uh, the primary real estate team at REMAX Island Properties. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you, Tony. And good to meet you, Megan. <laughs> so lovely to meet you. <laughs> uh, and uh, to the rest of our listeners, we'll be here for you this time next week.